Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Dreamers. After finally connecting with Maximilian Bartholomew Rodriguez Jr. III, the boys discover that he has been excommunicated from the LLC, where he was formerly a lord. His phylactery was an attempt at a safeguard to protect him from being assassinated by the other members, including Zephrine Thistle and a bone devil named Wrath who they discover may very well have been responsible for the deaths of Thomas's parents. He gives them a list of all of the members of the LLC, and with that information, they decide to spend the night for drinks, pizza, and a round of mice and monsters. I do declare, your honor is back in session. Everyone, roll a constitution saving throw. Oh, God. Uh, that'll be a six. I'll say eight. Okay, both of you roll one of your hit die. Three. Three. You wake up with an intense pounding in your head. You're seeing double as you glance around the room. Millie, Richard, and Monique have passed out in Millie's lush bed. The animated rug, sword, and suit of armor, aka Leslie, Guillermo, and Winifred, are all lumped in a pile by the stairs. Tyronicus, you find yourself curled up under the bed, and look up to see Thomas, asleep atop the table you played mice and monsters on, covered in slices of pizza. You all wake up, hung over as fuck. Take a temporary minus one penalty to your dexterity score. You have long rested, so all of your HP is back, except for three hit points. Yikes. It's the three, okay. Oh, 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 man. My head is killing me. What can I see around me? So there is uh, Millie, Richard, and Monique are passed out in Millie's bed. So basically on top of you, you're under the bed. They're on the bed. Thomas is passed out on the table covered in pizza. And the animated objects that you guys had fought earlier are lumped up by the stairs leading down out of the tower. Nice. 
I'm gonna stag over. I'm gonna kick Thomas awake. Yo. Ah, no, no. Don't, don't kick me. You see Millie with his taut skin yawns awake and he goes, It was a pretty crazy party, eh? Where, where am I? Where am I, Tyronicus? What did you do to me? You're stealing my tower. What if you... Wake up, sleepy heads. And he, uh, he shakes Richard. Richard wakes up and goes, <laughs> Yes, excellent. Yes, very good. Uh, right on time for the schedules of the business that I am in charge of. And uh, he wakes up Monique, and Monique just kind of like rolls out of bed, like still asleep. And before she hits the ground, she like wakes up like a cat and lands in like a Black Widow pose. Like, <laughs> oh, good morning. I need coffee now. Can you drink coffee? Can I? What do you mean, can I drink coffee? Of course I could drink coffee. That's all I drink, other than the drinks that we had last night. Where does it go? It doesn't really go anywhere. He kind of just soaks in it. I see. Millie, do you have any coffee? No, I... Coffee, I don't really think we have any of that. Perhaps on the way out of town, maybe you can pick up some? So, uh, what's your plan, then? Opula. There's stuff we need to do in Opula. And there, there's actually quite a bit to do over there. We learned that there's one of the uh, the four the four evil horsemen in, is in Opula, and the lords, the lords. That's right. I'm still in a, a drunken haze here. One of the four lords, and we need to track them down because they may or may not have most likely killed my mommy and daddy. Um, so that's where we're gonna go next. Okay, well, good luck. Um, I will say Mr. Figglesbottom is a little scary, so make sure that you're properly ready when the time comes around to do whatever you're going to do. Uh, maybe take it a little easy on him. You know, he was a friend of mine once, but hey, you you know, you do your business. They They are trying to kill me now, so I guess sucks to suck. Define scary. How do we beat him? <laughs> I, if I knew how to do that, I would do it myself. Why would I create this phylactery and go into hiding if I knew how to take care of the lords myself? I don't know. You could be lazy. You just eat pizza a lot, so it's possible. Well, you know, I like to live a life of extravagance. What is the point of having eternal life if you're not going to enjoy it? Fair enough. Uh, shall we, Tyronicus, everybody? Uncle? Off topula? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whew. Wow, I haven't had a late night like that in a while. Yeah, let's get going. Uh, I, I want to find out everything we can about this uh, uh, Figgles bottom character. Uh, let me see, I got these notes down. So we got you over here, you're the Lord of Orgea. Uh, we got Miss Christie, of course, over in the fingers. Uh, Reginald Figgles bottom in the Opal Coast? Yes. Saxon Brunt in Solstice. And, uh, Zephrine Thistle in the Sunder. Yeah? Yes, that is all correct. Okay, and, uh, you said the... The person in question in regards to, uh, Mr. Phelps over here, uh, you said that was, uh, Thistle's partner, correct? Yes, very scary person, a little bone devil called, uh, Wraith. Okay. Well, uh... Can we count on you for a... Uh, can we come back and communicate with you if you need it? 
I suppose so. Just try not to interrupt too much. You know, we like to have fun around here. And just don't bring the mood down. Next time you come, you came in all aggressive. And you kept trying to do all the threats. Just come in, have some fun. Bring your dice next time, okay? Right. We can all be friends here. All right, time to go. Very well. Uh, before you go, uh, Barry... Is there any chance you might reconsider giving me my phylactery back? No, you're not getting this. I'll, I will put it back, though. Okay, you pinky promise? And he holds out uh, his his very, like, tight-skinned, desiccated pinky. I'm not touching it. Okay, just please put it back. It's a very delicate object. Yes, yes, we'll put it back. Okay, good luck, adventurers. Now, like, pick up some pizza walk away yeah uh you guys can pack up to uh two days of rations worth of pizza (laughs) (laughs) nice you see richard leads the way to uh, leave the tower and then the armor the sword and the rug are all passed out at the steps of the stairs and he goes um good morning 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 the rug kind of like lifts a flap and looks at you "Ah." Oh, God. And kind of wraps the animated armor in the rug and begins to drag the armor as it wakes up. Oh, God. And the armor has the sword in his hand. uh, And the rug kind of flies and yanks him out of the way. And then you hear a voice go, have a nice day. You too. Goodbye now. As you leave the castle, you go down the long spiral staircase out the main hall. You see the doors seem to have been left ajar last night as you waltzed past and see the poison key still in the lock. And Monique looks over at you and goes, Wow, that was uh, really something, huh? Not quite what I expected from one of the uh, the lords of law and correction. Maybe that bodes well for the other lords? Maybe they're all that goofy? Yeah, maybe they're all pushovers. That'd be real nice. That would be real nice. I hardly doubt that. Hagatha's funny sometimes. I guess we'll find out, yeah? Oh, I'm gonna check the pad to see if Gary's anything. Yeah, you check the pad and you see everything is as you left it. Uh, you wrote the question asking if he wanted to meet up and nothing has been written in response. Typical. You did tell him he was a doo-doo head, right, Tyronicus? Yes, absolutely. Good. Speaking of, um, Tyronicus, honey, if, if, if you don't mind... So these are these emails. They're meant to communicate two ways, right? And supposedly there were a couple of them, right? Yes, but Gary has all the other ones. Yeah, well, I was wondering if it would be okay with you guys for me to borrow this one. There's this little, uh, this artificer shop over in, uh, in Brookhaven called Hot Apothecary. They make pretty good stuff, and I was wondering if it might be worth me maybe taking this to get it appraised, investigated. Maybe they can make duplicates or something similar to them so we can communicate. You know, if Hagatha's going to keep sending me away on missions, it might be good to be able to talk. Mm, I don't know if we should get this mass-produced. It was kind of ostrich Yeah, we don't want that falling into the, the wrong hands there. I don't know if we want it mass-produced, but, you know, maybe... And trust me, I, I know them... They have my, my full trust, the people over at Hot Apothecary, just to see if maybe I can get some more made. Uh, not mass-produced, but, you know, two or three, just for or a similar magic, at least, a, a similar item. I don't know. Hot Apothecary sounds a little edgy for my taste. 
Well, don't forget, your name is Thomas Phelps Edgeworth. You you have Edgeworth in your veins. Well, you're an edgelord. Edgelord. I suppose. Ugh. Yes. I guess I'm a little edgy. But um, I still am not sure if we should be making more than just the one that we have of this email. Um, but we could take a vote on it. I, I'm all all about uh, democracy here. We could take a vote amongst the group. Oh, sure. I, I, I love votes. I vote yay. I vote nay. Richard looks around and he goes, I suppose I vote yay as well. It would be quite nice to be able to talk to you from afar. Charming tiefling. Monique. And also assistant and nephew. I like to look at him. I'm like, uh, sure. What? And I'll like toss to it. All right. That's three. You, you, you just said no a second ago. Wait. Since we only have one and can only communicate with Gary, who you don't even want around anymore, does it really make sense to have it? I suppose you're right. I'll be sure to take good care of it. I won't let it out of my sight. And make sure you get a contract that they can't mass produce it. And we want all rights and first choices. Oh, very, very smart. We can whip that up on the ride. Uh, I mean, wherever we're going, we're, it's going to take a while. So, Can you have them make mine red like my jacket? Okay. One red eye mail. Okay. Thank you. Any other color requests? Uh, black. But I also want it like smaller and more like rectangular. Okay. A black eye mail mini. I will take a blue one. Okay, blue. Uh, I think I'll take a red one as well. No, there can't be two red. You need to change your color. Can't match. Oh, okay. I will take a white one. Fair enough. That is assuming they can even do it. You know, they're pretty good about identifying magics and letting me know if, if it's something that they could possibly do. But hopefully it doesn't cost too much and we'll be able to communicate. I think it'll help us a lot. I think so. All right. Uh, we should probably stop just standing around on these castle grounds. Fair enough. All right, let's head back to the carriage. Wait, we have two people waiting for us in the carriage. Oh, I forgot. In the misty sunlight of the early morning, you walk down the hill, carefully avoiding the bear traps and out to Monique's caravan. As you arrive, you see the door still barred shut, and Monique gasps, Oh, shit. I forgot we barred the doors. And she runs toward the vehicle with Maria and Billy still locked inside. That was the plan. We wanted them barred so people wouldn't hurt them. Yeah, but we weren't supposed to leave them all night. Well, they're a little hungry, but we got some pizza to give them. Oh, yeah, thank God you got pizza. (laughs) Monique unbars the door and it opens and Maria comes out and goes, You left us here all night. Billy had to pee. And she points to the inside of the carriage, and you see a small puddle on the floor. And Billy looks out and goes, Sorry! Oh! You peed where I sleep! Sorry! That... why? I had to go. It's okay, Billy. I got poop, too. Poop out outside. And he runs off uh, to, like, one of the bushes. Oh, you could have used the pee on the bush, and we'd have more money. I don't know if there's any poop fairies out there. As you say that from behind you in one of the bushes, you hear a, oh, man. <laughs> wait, wait, I could still save this. And I get a, a leaf outside, and I try to scoop up the pee and pour it on the bush outside to try to Ew. maybe get a coin or two. <laughs> Quick, Tyronicus, grab a leaf. Roll a sleight of hand check to see how well you can manipulate the liquid. 14. 
Okay, uh, he tosses you one silver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. All right, uh, where are we heading? Maria looks at you and goes, that's a good question. Um, oh, God, I'm so hungry. Um, but yes, where are you taking us? Oh, I'd like give her some of that pizza. Uh, thank you. She like ravenously tears into it. And then uh, she goes, Billy! And uh, and Billy runs over and like she's holding the slice of pizza and Billy like jumps mouth first like a shark and grabs the pizza slice in his mouth and begins eating it. Wash your hands first. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> uh, he left his pants by the bush and after he finishes eating the slice of pizza, he runs back to grab his pants. Gross. Um, I kind of want to check on Lycos and see how our wow, werewolf friends are doing. We also have to drop you guys off somewhere. Any suggestions? We're kind of open to anything. We haven't traveled much, so if you know any places where we might do well, that'd be great. Taking them to Opula is probably the best bet. Opula's expensive. Yeah. What's this Lycos place you're talking about? Uh, I guess they could stay at Lycos if it's not ravaged by now. What? Let's check on Lycos and see if everything is safe. Don't worry. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, yeah, we got friends there. It'll be fun. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous after that, but sure. No, don't be nervous. <laughs> everything will be fine. He like turns his head and goes, ooh. Okay. So Lycos it is? Yes. Onward. All right. Um, ooh, could somebody grab some, uh, I don't know, like some leaves or something, soak up the rest of the pee? It's it's going to be about a day, and I don't want it setting into the uh, the carpet. Yeah, I didn't either. Yes, I will do it. Don't you worry, Miss Valentine. I shall clean your carriage for you and keep it smelling nice. Yeah, you do that. Richard runs over and grabs a pile of leaves and, like... Like, you know in elementary school when, like, a kid would pee their pants, they would bring, like, the sawdust or whatever and, like, dump it? Yeah. Whoa, no. Sawdust? You never knew, like, okay, whenever, like, something gross happened in elementary school, like, a kid threw up or someone peed their pants, the janitor would always come with, like, these, like, shavings and, like, dump it over to, like, absorb it, and then they would clean that up. Oh, no. But I believe you. Okay, maybe I just went to a feral public school. Um, <laughs> nah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, see, TJ knows what I'm talking about. Anyways, so you see Richard grabs a bunch of, like, dried leaves, and it's winter, so, like, you know, we're getting deep into kind of the first week of winter, so there's a, a good amount of snow on the ground and a lot of dead leaves. So he grabs as many of the dry leaves as he can from under the snow. He kind of crumples them into, like, little tiny bits and then, like, pats them down over the corner of the carpet and leaves them there to soak. And you guys load up. I'm assuming, Tyronicus, you're going to ride up front with Monique again? Yeah. I'm also going to snap my fingers and cast Prestidigitation to make it smell like her favorite scent. Ooh. As she sits down, she goes, oh my god, is that... Ooh, is that maple scent? Ah, anything for you? Okay, yeah, you put an arm around her and she just kind of like looks forward and has like a really small smile. And spurs on the horses. Disgusting. And you ride on toward Lycos. It's roughly a day long. Uh, as you guys are in the back, particularly Thomas, Richard, Maria, and Billy, you see Richard tries to play some games with Billy to like keep him entertained and kind of quiet, but he does not seem to be the best with children. Eventually, Billy settles in for a nap. Maria's kind of stroking his head. And Thomas, you see Richard kind of like 
keeps going to like say something at points and then doesn't. And then finally at one point he goes, <clears throat> Now Thomas, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but we agreed we'd be equal partners in Edgeworth and Phelps Law Associates. Yet you were continually undermining me back there. This behavior won't work if we're to be on a team. I'm pretty sure we agreed on Phelps and Edgeworth, first of all. You see, I just really think that if we're going to be representing law and order as your uh, as, as Bahamut would want, we would want to be in alphabetical order, Eld Edgeworth and Phelps. I don't need to work with you for for this law and order thing to happen. I would more than happy take my name Phelps and make it its own thing. Remember, you're the one that abandoned me when my parents died. Like we don't have to have a partnership here. I kind of I was young, to it. okay? I I lost my sister. You keep overlooking that. Look, I'm not trying to negate what you felt. I'm just saying it was also a painful experience for me, and I would really appreciate if you acknowledged that. Okay. Now, can you explain to me how I possibly could have undermined you? I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, you didn't quite treat me as an equal. For what? You referred to me as an assistant at one point. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. It must have slipped my mind. Hmm. I'm just saying, it's kind of hurtful. I'll keep that in mind for next time. Uh, Maria's just kind of staring at the two of you from the other side. So you're, uh, you're his nephew? I am, yes. And you guys are business partners now? Sort of. I mean, I guess. We haven't put pen to paper on it yet, but I, verbally, I, I suppose you could say that, yes. Going into business with family can be kind of tough. Very. Yeah, uh, how do you... Sorry, sorry, not my business. <laughs> I was entering therapist mode again. You're a therapist? Yeah, well, uh, back in Smalton, I, uh, I was really a marriage counselor more than anything, but, yeah. Oh, marriage counselor. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, um, you know, being locked in a room with you two arguing, it kind of reminded me, kind of entered work mode, but if, uh, if I can ever do anything for you, you know, considering what you did for me, please just, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Sometimes... Working with other people can be stressful, and we all kind of carry a lot of baggage, so if you uh, if you ever need someone to talk to, I don't know if they're going to need a therapist in wherever I end up, but I was really kind of passionate about it, so uh, if I can get another practice going, I'd, I'd love to offer my services to you. Well, we would love to find out if Lycos might be in need of a therapist, or Opula maybe, but um, as far as me... And my story goes, it's as you said, it's none of your business, so. Ooh! Jeez. Oh, she took six points of psychic death. <laughs> that was a dick. It was a little mean. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. <laughs> Thomas, if you don't mind my asking, I heard something about your parents? I do mind you asking. <laughs> she delves deeper. Hmm. Okay. If you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here. And I am also here, associate. Thank you both. Billy, you ever see someone do this and he takes his skull off his neck? Billy's asleep, but at the sound of his name, he begins to wake up and he sees you with your head in your hands and he goes, ah! <laughs> and I go, ooh. <laughs> and Maria has to pick him up to like cradle him. She goes, it's okay. It's okay, Billy. It's okay. <laughs> I put it back on. And you ride on toward Lycos.
halfway there. Pizza pushovers. Hey, I'd like to order a large pie. Okay. Um, yeah, can I get a half pepperoni, half mushrooms, and a half olives? Okay. Yeah. Okay, wait. Well, how do yeah. you... Oh, oh, and half sausage, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Half, uh, oh, and half spaghetti, and half nachos. This, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. <laughs> yes, one hundred three catapults and counting. Jessica, don't stand a chance. <laughs> With my army of Drimbus catapults, I'll roll my enemies into oblivion. Globamy supremacy! And they're so darn affordable. Good thing the others don't know you can get a free Drimbus catapult with purchases of $25 or more at elderwoodacademy.com slash Drimbus. Right? No. No, how would they know? They... They don't know. Or do they? Do they? We zoom in to the tower in Isolde's crest. It is a few years ago, and we see a much younger-looking Millie, plump, pre-lich skin, with a much younger looking Tyronicus. His eyes are less tired and there is a, a light in his eyes as Millie says, Okay, Barry, now I need you to roll for initiative. The uh, the armies of the, the Pop-Tart Kingdom are coming down upon your walls. This is it, my friend. The, the, the Pop-Tarts? <laughs> is that young Tyronicus? Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> I got a 12. Okay, a 12, not bad. Okay, but first, the uh, the Pop Dot Cavalry is up first. Uh, please prepare your armies. They are going to uh, launch. Second, let me get my D20. Okay, look at the, look how beautiful this D20 is. Ironicus, look. It's so shiny. Where did you get that? Oh, I got it at the Elderwood Academy, but don't worry, we'll be plugging the code later in the advertisements. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> the uh, the Pop-Tart Cavalry gets a 17 as they charge through the front line of your defenses, uh, taking down about a quarter of them, skewering them on the ends of their poles. <laughs> ah! Oh, you hear all the screaming, all the commotion. <laughs> Everyone is crying. Ah! As the war rages on, what do you do, TJ? I, I, um, I throw my, um, sprinkles at it. Oh, sprinkles. Okay, you're going to roll a with advantage. Everybody knows the Pop-Tart Army has a weakness to sprinkles. Uh, does an 11 hit? Uh, an 11 does not hit. I'm so sorry. The uh, the Pop-Tarts uh, squeeze out a glob of uh, icing upon you. Um, please roll a, uh, a reflex saving throw. Oh, that's a six. Okay, you get trapped in all of the icing. I'm so sorry, my, my dear friend, Barry. Um, it's so sticky! Barry, what is your armor class? Um, 15. Okay, you suddenly feel, and then you, Tyronica, suddenly feel, as Millie pulls out a large wooden catapult 
and he sets it on the table where he has all his mini figurines set up. He loads a d20, pulls it back, and then unleashes the catapult, sending uh, a little die flying straight into your face. Ow, my eye! You take seven points of damage as a as the catapult rains fire on your surroundings. That really hurts. Oh, I'm so sorry, Barry. Why don't you grow the fuck up? You're training to be the strongest sorcerer in the world. You think a little a little D20 is going to stop you? And like he's gonna um snap his fingers a couple times and he's gonna cast minor illusion and it's just gonna be a middle finger. <laughs> Roll a D20 for me. <laughs> I'll be 18. Okay, you successfully cast Minor Illusion. He goes, there you go, Barry. You see, you haven't been able to get that one down before. You have to let the hate flow through you. You see, like, electricity uh, sparkle around his fingertips. <laughs> he says, here, Barry, uh, I want to give you something very special to me. Well, I know you, this is a... We're nearing the end of our first campaign of Mice and Monsters, and we'll... I want you to have this for your army. And he pulls out a little wooden catapult for you. <gasps> Whoa. And he, like, takes the catapult. You see, it has an inscription that says Drimbus on it. What's Drimbus? Oh, don't worry about it, Barry. It is something for only the most powerful of sorcerers, which you clearly are not. You can barely summon minor illusion. But if you were the most powerful of sorcerers and you wanted a little dice catapult to help your apprentices achieve their potential in games of mice and monsters, then perhaps you would go to elderwoodacademy.com slash dreambiz. You don't even have to buy the catapult. You see you see this beautiful little dice right here, Barry? You see it? I see them. Meanwhile, he's like priming up his catapult with the dice, really. Yeah, he's talking so he doesn't even notice what you're doing. He says, you cannot get this die until you're like at least a level 7 or something. At, at the very least. This comes from our friends at elderwoodacademy.com slash dreambiz. And when I bought this beautiful dice set and this dice tower, I very easily spent over $25 because it's such a beautiful inventory and when you spend over 25 dollars you get a free dreambase catapult included for free when you use code dreambase one day you'll understand barry and he turns around to smile at you and then immediately i fling the catapult at him roll a ranged attack for me i'll give you plus two for the catapult plus two 17 okay that definitely smacks right into the center of his forehead and he goes ow barry <laughs> this is great i should get another one from elderwood academy no no more catapults for you barry oh you're no fun now roll another reflex saving throw please 10. oh crap they know they found out about the tremendous deal at the elderwoodacademy.com I thought only I knew the code, Drimbus. I need... More. Who cares if they have one? <laughs> when I can have them all. All of you. All of you, go! Buy elegant dice towers, dice trays, dice sets, and other nerdy accessories at the Elderwood Academy, and send me that free Drimbus catapult! The fate of your favorite goblin depends on it! In the meantime, I'm going to need some patrons to man the catapults. Uh, if you hear your name, step up to the nearest Drimbus catapult. 
Jerry Benetados, Queso Loco, Victoria Madrid, Greta Meunier, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Emrys Craig, Regina Russell, Morgan Holly, Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Connie Naran DVD, NB Star, Steve B. Keys, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Denny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Will Woodball, Callie Wolf, Brandon Bishop, Bridge, Punky Goat, Twiglets, Joanna Westberger, Stan Sitzman, Kia Green, Aaron Adams, Nathan Mesnard. What are you waiting for? Go! mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beaver Mount, Ontario, is pretty much the same. Folks are polite, there's a hockey game that evening, and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, bello! You ride into the town of Lycos, cresting the hill and then picking up speed as you ride it back down. The sprawling shops and homes scattered about as people line the streets of the busy town. You hear Monique shouts back to you. It is now Friday, early, early, early morning. Uh, you guys have been writing for about a day. And she says, Where are we headed, y'all? Probably the mansion. Go to the big furry guy's house. Okay. You ride on toward Patrick West's house, where Monique picked you up. And as you do, you eventually see two horses galloping around town wildly, seemingly playing a game of tag. <laughs> <laughs> No way. Then, as you look out the window, you go, Wait a minute. That's Rainbow and Ice Cream. Oh. Hey, Rainbow. Hey, Ice Cream. (laughs) Wait. We left our horses? Rainbow and Ice Cream. Yeah, and it suddenly dawns on you that when Monique picked you up, you never did anything with your horses, and they are now running rampant around the town of Lycos. Bro, I just assumed they came with us. Hey guys, how you doing? It's a little awkward, but we're back. They're not paying attention to you. It looks like they're just like dogs running down the street, like just having fun. All right, well... Let's go see what's going on in that mansion there. I'm gonna go pick up Rainbow. Okay. Yeah, Monique sees him and she goes, Oh, are, are those your horses? Yes. Yeah. We played money for these guys. This is good money. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll try and catch up to them. And uh, she kind of spurs her horses on. And they begin to gallop, but uh, they're not quite catching up. And you see as you call out to Rainbow, Rainbow is kind of not heeding your call. What do you do? I pull out the pizza. I'm like, here, Rainbow. Come here, boy. <laughs> Roll an animal handling check. I'll give you advantage on it. 19. 
Bring your ass here, boy. You hold out the pizza and you say, bring your ass here, boy. And sure enough, Rainbow quits playing tag. He kind of like elbows ice cream to like tag him back and then runs up to you and begins eating pizza out of your hand. Good boy. <laughs> and he seems kind of okay with you now. He's chilling. He like lets you pet him and run a hand through his mane. We're gonna hook him up to the harness. Yeah. For now. You do so and you, you hook him up to Monique's vehicle. Horsepower, baby. Meanwhile, Ice Cream is kind of trotting around. He's like, he's watching this happen, but he doesn't come closer. Ice Cream, come. Roll an animal handling check. Oh, God. I refuse to handle. If he will not come, I will leave him behind. Popcorn would listen. Come here, Ice Cream. Absolutely not. Come here, boy. Roll an animal handling check. Oh, fuck. Oh, 18. Seeing his friend tied up, and as you say, come here, boy, Rainbow's still eating pizza. And he goes, it almost looks like he's calling him over. And then you see Ice Cream goes, ah, what the fuck? And trots over. And puts himself in position to be tied up to the harness. I'm going to tie him up too. Thomas, you're such a dick. <laughs> he is kind of mean today. <laughs> I don't know why. He just is. Okay. And Monique goes, wow, four horsepower. Incredible. Yeah. And eventually you pull up to the West home. You see the modest but but decent size house with the little fence in front and Monique pulls up and kind of parks the caravan and goes, all right, we're here. I guess we're gonna go knock on the door. Yeah, Maria goes, uh, I think Billy and I will just wait in the caravan while you guys do your, your work. I don't want to intrude. Just come get us if you need anything, I guess. Fair. Monique, why don't you stay with them? Maybe go get some breakfast. Sure, that sounds like a really good idea. You hungry, Billy? Yeah. All right. Why don't we go for a walk? I'll meet you guys back here later, yeah? Sounds good. I will come with you. No, you stay with us. We might need your help. You as in my nephew and his assistant. I'm not an assistant, and uh, you should probably stay with us. Yes, I will do that. In fact, I will take the lead. Until I need to speak, then I will allow you to speak. However you could sleep at night, by all means, take the lead on this one. <laughs> I'm trying to share leadership equally with us. I see. Have at it. And he marches up to the door and very firmly knocks on it. After a moment, the door creaks open and you see a large silver werewolf that somehow has bags beneath his eyes. Attorneys. Patrick smiles at the sight of you. It's good to see you. What can I do for you? Told you we'd be back. I'll be on. How goes our situation with our little friend? If you're referring to the adventurer who was bitten, I haven't seen much of him. However, the situation in here has gotten a little messy. Messy? What do you mean? Well... Why don't you come in? Oh, jeez. Here we go. He lets you into the house, and he closes the door behind you and says, Sorry, the house is a bit of a mess. Everyone's getting a bit restless, and Tyr and Tor have never lived outside of a proper den. Inside the house, you see sensible decor. Abby lies naked on the couch with Oliver, reading a book together, in human form. Meanwhile, Tyr and Tor are in their wolf-pup forms, snarling at each other. Jessica holds one of the pups, and Ripper holds the other, both in werewolf state. Meanwhile, Kalu, also in werewolf state, 
seems to be struggling with a dustpan as he attempts to pick up the pieces of a vase that has been toppled and shattered. He slams his fist to the ground in frustration and snarls. <laughs> Patrick looks at you with exasperated eyes and says, Everyone is pretty bloodthirsty. I've bought as many chickens as possible, but their aggression is being pent up. I'm worried about one of them having an outburst. Thomas blushes a bit when he sees Abby. He tries to divert his eyes away, and then he says, Have you tried buying cows? I suppose I haven't tried cows. Perhaps that will give them a little more feeling of hunt. Try cows, and we will try to um, make the situation go a little bit faster so you all can get out of here. Sure. Well, is there any way I can assist? Uh, we should probably go check on that guy, Tyronicus. Yes, we probably should. Um, you probably should stay here. Um, you know, we'll we'll go check on him and then we'll come back and report to you uh, when we have more information on the situation. If you wouldn't mind, if you, when you do come back, if you could pick up some some steak or something, I, I'll pay you whatever it costs. Sure. Okay. Fine. Yes. Thank you. Abby, good seeing you again. Hi. Goodbye. He walks out the door. Oliver waves at you as well. Just give them like a nod and <laughs> exit. Patrick closes the door behind him and you immediately hear something shatter and he goes <laughs> behind the closed door. And you go for a walk through the streets of Lycos. And Richard says, okay, so what exactly is the plan here? Uh, I believe we were going to set this guy up as the murderer. Or as another suspect, not necessarily as the murderer, but just to prove that maybe they got the wrong guy in the first place. That sounds like a better plan, actually. Hmm. Fair. All right, well, I will follow your lead. All right, to the end. And eventually you come upon the tarnished tack. As you enter the tarnished tank, you find a huge commotion. It seems masses of people are huddled near the center of the room. Some cheering, some shouting. Even the bard is playing some, like, really intense loot music. And as you push your way through the crowd, you see a relatively short, but still very tall by normal standards, Cyclops in tight, ripped jeans, an open leather vest, and some manner of binding across their chest. They're throwing a fist. A spotted yellow tabaxi, with mangy fur and a bandage across his neck and upper torso, seems to be on the receiving end of said fist. He ducks out of the way, grunting. As you see the tabaxi, you recognize him as Rob Strong the adventurer who Abby bit at Thornthrope Pass. In fact, you see all of the adventurers are here in the crowd. You see Terry Svelte, the purple Yuan-T, seems to be hissing in suspense as a massive fist flies toward Rob. <laughs> Elvira Devros stands with her weight on her left leg, arms crossed, blinking her blue and green eyes with bemusement. As Rob ducks, you see he digs his claws into the Cyclops' arm and takes it for a ride as he pulls it back, taking advantage to climb up onto their chest. As this happens, 
Purse Rompel, the dwarf with the curly mustache and the rainbow-colored beard, shouts, That's it, Rob! You got him now, lad! And indeed, he does got him now, lad. Rob chokes out the Cyclops with his crossed legs, looking more muscular than you remember. As the Cyclops flails and digs into Rob's flesh, he hisses and his shaggy fur stands up on end. However, he perseveres, and eventually, the Cyclops begins to grow blue in the face and collapses to the ground. Rob uses the opportunity to crawl over their chest, pinning them to the ground. You see an imp in a checkered shirt counts. One, two, three, knock out! And half the crowd seems to erupt in cheers as the other half disperse in frustration. Purse, in particular, seems very happy as he dances around and then moons the crowd. Other <laughs> boy! Until Elvira yanks his pants up and smacks him upside the head. <laughs> what do you do? What did I just watch, Tyronicus? Looks like bar fights people are paying money for. Yeah, it looked like a very organized bar fight, but you do sound correct. Perhaps it's an event. A wrestling match of sorts? Right. Um... I guess... Rob, hello, Rob. Yeah, you try to push your way through the crowd and you shout, Rob, hello, Rob. And you see Rob has actually helped up the Cyclops and is shaking hands with them. And he hears his name being called and he turns around and he goes, what? Oh, hey. Hey, Rob, how you doing? I'm doing okay, a little better than before. Yeah. Still healing, though. Feeling pretty strong, though, for being honest. That's what I was going to say. You look a little different. Look a little more buff. Look a little, um... You seem kind of recovered. I don't know. Thanks. And you see, he still has the bandage across his neck and chest where he was bitten. And it seems like his vocal cords haven't quite recovered just yet. And he goes, Yeah, I guess, um... You know, you gotta break muscle to make muscle, right? So, um... It's coming along. Still, uh... Still a little uncomfortable. But, uh, overall, much better than I expected. Do you feel a little different? Anything going on on the inside? A little hungrier? Uh, yeah, you know, but I think that's natural. You know, big wound. Body kind of needs a lot of nutrients to rebuild. Why do you ask? Any hair in new places you didn't have hair before? You're a growing boy. I mean, I am a tabaxi, so I was kind of already covered in hair. That's... True. Very true. Any more hair? <laughs> I think he's fine. Are you... Is this like a weird way of hitting on me? No, no, certainly not. not well, no. No, 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 no. Um, you're, you're very strong and intimidating, Yes, but no. of course. My nephew here would love to uh, take you out for a drink to celebrate That's your <laughs> victory. Isn't that right, well, nephew? Oh, is that right, Tom? <laughs> I, Thomas? No, that is not right. I was... Oh, oh. Um... A, a victory drink, um, yes, on me. Bartender. <laughs> Gee, thanks. That's, uh, that's really nice of you. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, he heads over to the bar with you, and as you guys begin walking, Richard leans into you and he goes, Should this be a solo affair? Would we be third wheeling if the, we crashed your date? No, it's not a date! You can join me, just join me. I mean, are you sure? We don't want to, like, impose or anything, like... No, I mean, it's okay, nephew. Everyone deserves love. Oh, jeez, it's not a date. <laughs> Just come drink with us. Very well. 
and you guys head up to the bar and you see Purse, the dwarf with the rainbow beard. He has his hands over the counter and his legs are like dangling in the air because it's so tall. But he's ordering drinks for everyone and he's like, <laughs> That's right, yeah. Oh, pour those shots. Yeah, give me a double actually. And uh, he's getting a round of shots for his and his adventurer friends. You see Elvira and Terry are there. And uh, Rob walks up and says, Hey everyone, uh, you guys remember these guys, right? And Terry turns around and goes, Yes, nice to see you again. Likewise. So, what? What's up? <laughs> Uncle, why did we do this? Why? I don't know. This is your plan. What? I thought you were trying to get me to have a drink for some ulterior motive. Oh, I was just trying to be a good wingman. Oh my god. Okay, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, you've said this very loudly right as... Like, Terry just asked you what's up, and you, you immediately were like, Why the fuck are we here? I'm leaving. Bye. And you see, like, all four of the adventurers are just kind of giving you, like, weirded outside eye. It's like, sorry, he's, like, weirdly shy these days. I don't know, man. How have you guys been? Anything, like, weird happened while we were gone? No, I mean... I guess we, we've we've started a little bit of a wrestling match thing over here, but I noticed. other than that, not much, no. So you guys figure you guys are, like, sticking around now, or...? Elvira speaks up and goes, Well, we were really just planning on doing it until uh, Rob here has recovered. He's looking pretty good now, but his, his voice is still, uh... Well, the wound is still kind of nasty. But at least he's up, he's moving. Uh, the fever seems to have subsided, so it makes me feel like he's not infected. We just feel like it might be a little early before, uh, we don't want to go adventuring and, you know, getting him, getting the wound dirty, risk it getting infected, something worse happening. So, just sticking around until it finishes healing up. No, that's fully understandable. Welp, good seeing you guys. Just thought we would drop by, say hi. We were passing through the town on our way back. Probably drop in a few more days. Do you not want to have that drink? I don't. You know, I'll, I'll take that drink. <laughs> Tyronicus rolled an inside check for me. 17. You see Rob is like, really kind of hurt by Thomas's rejection. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah. uh, sure. Uh, I put like my hand on his shoulder and like, it's okay, dude. He's been really weird lately. Kind of rude to everybody. Lately? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, yeah, it's okay. Here. And he hands you one of the shots that Purse has purchased. Uh, bartender, one more, please. And the bartender pours one for Rob. And uh, he toasts you, Tyronicus. I toast him back. Like, salute. Whoa. That's <coughs> strong stuff, huh? Tyronicus doesn't even flinch. He's like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how long are you guys in town, then? Um, we haven't really planned. Um, we're here with some friends. Maybe not too long. We were thinking about maybe if they liked Lycos, they could stay here. But really, we were just, like, stopping in, checking up on you guys. Who are your friends? Uh, well, you know, um, this girl I'm kind of talked to, and, like, this lady and her kid that we helped save from this town that was being ravaged by some weird monster. You see Rob's eyes light up. He goes, weird monster? Tell me more. And Elvira goes, Rob, no, you're not well enough yet. I'm just asking. Oh, no, no, no. You cannot go after this monster. Yeah, no, you no, won't no. get near it. I think it's bad news. What is it? Uh, a dragon? 
Boulder. We've taken on all these kinds of things before. No, I've never seen anything like it before. I don't know what it is, but it's scary. It is very scary. How so? It was like robbing people of... I don't even know if it's their souls or what. Like, they just... It was looking people in the eyes and they died immediately. Huh. And you see, as you're describing this, Terry has turned to look at you, and Purse has turned to look at you, and Terry goes, Where was it? Did you, um... Where'd you run into it? I think it's time to go, Tyronicus. Um... I'm... Smallton? Rob turns to look at his compatriots. Terry and Purse are kind of smiling, and Elvira goes, No. We're not doing it. Oh, that monster's probably long gone by now. It was a couple days ago. Damn. Could you could you give us a better description of it? What it looked like? It's gone. You'll never see it. You need to stay here. You need to rest up. Uh, that thing's gone. Why are you so defensive? Not defensive. It's saying it's gone. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, nobody should probably face that thing. Um, you got messed up in the forest by whatever what was there. I don't think you want to take on that eldritch terror or whatever horror thing that was to be fair i was also wasted which i don't normally do and then he narrows his eyes at richard and he goes technically what happened to me is your fault his fur is kind of like a little matted and mangy and it stands up on end just a little bit as he stares at richard and like clenches his fist over the bar and he goes "Mm, well i was simply partaking in merriment with you can you really blame a guy for Helping you have fun? Rob, let it go. He's right. We were all just having fun. It's... It's nobody's fault. Easy for you to say. You can talk without it feeling like you have fire in your throat. Alright, something tells me you're gonna be okay in... Like, a week. (laughs) Geronicus, are you done telling our life story to strangers? Can we leave? Yeah, just get out of here. You see, Rob is suddenly very upset. It looks like it, like it's taking a lot of effort for him to control his anger. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just like pushing Richard out of here. Wait, Tyronicus, come. Come here. Come here, Tyronicus. Should we push his buttons a little bit and get him to activate wolf mode? Um. Is that how it works? See, why don't you try that? Because I don't know if skeletons can turn into werewolves, so you might be okay. Oh, that's true. I mean... We don't have to come back in a week if we get him to make, like, a wolf right now. I mean, we could always just have Richard talk to him. That's true. Uncle! (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Should we do that? Is it risky? Should we leave? I don't know. I'm still not... I understand that he's... And he lowers his voice uh, because he realizes you're still in the bar. I understand that he's a kind of unsavory character, but it feels a little wrong to me to set someone up like that. We don't even have to set him up. We just we just don't want Patrick to go back to jail. If we can prove that there's something else there, maybe. Hmm. I, I don't know. Is, is it right for Patrick to get off if someone else is going to take his place? I mean, no one has to go to jail. Well, as long as he doesn't hurt anyone, he doesn't necessarily have to, like Tronicus said, go to jail. But then he'd be prosecuted for the other murders, wouldn't he? Why? He's just another suspect. Exactly. They'd put him on trial, wouldn't they? Right. I mean, if they put him on trial, would they really have anything to, like, indict him? As long as he doesn't actually eat anyone. 
That's a fair point. The ins and outs of this law system really are uh, quite messy. Someone should regulate this. To be fair, if Patrick and his family just leave, like, what can really happen besides them haunting for him? I suppose, yes, they'd, they'd be in violation of their terms, but I guess if he didn't return to Western Orgea, then perhaps they'd be okay. The question is, where can they go? I feel like, unless they get that curse reversed, which I don't even know if it's possible for the children, right? They're true werewolves. They're going to have a hard time fitting into society anywhere. We told Patrick we'd help him out. We'll see it through. All right. So am I going to make him go wolf mode or no? The question is, if he goes wolf mode, what do we get from that? Uh, people will see that. The terms were simply to get another suspect. Right. Oh, fair, fair, fair. I have an idea. Tyronicus roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh, God. Well, that's a nat one. <gasps> oh, no. Richard tries to shove you lightly into Rob, and you go flying and knock both of you to the ground. And Rob turns around and goes, what the fuck, man? Yeah, what the hell, man? No, he's talking to you. None. I'm saying that to fucking Richard. <laughs> <clears throat> this prick again? Uh, no. I think he wants to beat you up. Yeah? You want to go, little man? Maybe you guys should wrestle. No, no. I definitely do not want to go. I'm happy where I am. I would like to stay. He said you looked a little puny with your back turned. <laughs> you think I'm puny? Did you not just see me take down that Cyclops? He called you a funny little boy. <clears throat> <laughs> Roll a persuasion for me, Thomas. Okay. I'll give you advantage on it. 22. As you say that, he like hunches over a little more. And you hear almost like a cracking like in his body somewhere. And he goes, you want to go, little guy? Uh, no, no, I, I do not want to go. I told you I'm happy to stay. You know what? I do want to go, actually. I want to go outside. Oh, you want to go outside? No, no. I would like to go outside by myself. Nephew, let's go now. All right. I'm going to be the referee of this fight. So, Rob, come along. We're going to take this outside. <laughs> I will not be fighting anyone today. It is not worth my time. Ooh. Oh, not worth your time. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant fighting is not my sport. You got three seconds to get out of my sight. Um, okay. Okay, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And Richard begins to leave. He said it would be too easy if you fought. He would crush you like a pulp. Roll another persuasion check for me. 19. <laughs> Typical bullshit. Talking shit, but too afraid to actually put up when the time comes. You see Rob kind of goes out grabs Richard by the collar and shoves him outside of the tarnished tank. Richard falls on his back and he goes, oh shit, roll for initiative? <laughs> Us or Richard? I guess Richard and Rob. Yeah, okay, Rob's up first and Rob is gonna launch an unarmed attack at Richard. Oh my God. <laughs> oh shit, okay. He punches Richard straight in the face and he goes, oh, oh my nose. Oh, oh, fuck, nephew, get in here. Thomas goes, <laughs> yay. Listen, listen, I don't want to fight you. I'm not going to hit you back. Hit me back. Do it. And he's going to attack Richard again. Uh, Richard, do something. Roll. He punches Richard in the stomach this time. 
<coughs> He's the one you want. He's the one you want. And he points at Thomas and he goes, what do you mean? He wants to frame you. Oh, shit. For a crime. Oh, please don't kill me. And you see Rob turns around and goes, you what? Rob, can you believe this guy pulling dirty tricks like that just to get out of a fight with you? Knock his teeth out. He sent me he sent me to get you drunk. It was his idea, actually. He told me, get to get them drunk, and they set you up in the whole thing. That, that whole thing that you're bitten with? Yeah, you're going to turn into a werewolf. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to what? And as he says that, you see his face begins to crunch and elongate as his feline snout turns slightly more canine. His eyes turn a more vibrant yellow. His ears look more wolf-like, and his fur becomes shaggier as he transforms. You see, the adventuring party has followed him out and are just kind of watching from a distance. And Terry goes, what the fuck? How about I just take you all on? Roll for initiative. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps and TJ Berry as Tyrannicus. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our After the Show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to Season 2 of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Kelvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. 
those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutant, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about St. Clair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Bye.